Welcome everybody to a pre-holiday version of the CarCast, or at least I should say the right before Christmas CarCast, but we already passed Hanukkah, so we're we're deep into the holiday season. Mid-holiday. Mid-holiday, fair enough. Uh, after Hanukkah, pre-Christmas. And uh, I'm Owen, he's Sean, if you haven't already heard. Our intros could use work. Always. It's, uh, we, uh, we, we adjust and we... Uh, our production value lacks, but our content makes up for it, I like to think. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, look, we're in the car, and we're flying along 35, probably speeding right now, but we'll try to keep it safe. Safely speeding. Yeah. How about that? That's an oxymoron. Yeah. All right. So, the Stars play the Islanders tonight, their last game before the three-day holiday break, a Christmas sort of prequel, mm-hmm. if you will. And a chance for Dallas to shake off some less than stellar performances of late and go into the break with some really positive vibes. And they failed to do that, although they weren't that far away from actually getting a result, ugly as it may have been, Sean. And yet they, they I think things were probably pretty sour after this 3-1 to loss to New York. Yeah, it's the weird game where, well, first of all, just to start the post-game locker room, it was kind of a... Somber, sad move. Somber, sad mood. Where it also felt like it felt like the team had been kind of kicked in the kicked in the gut, but also kind of had done it to themselves at the same time. If you know what I'm saying, that's self-inflicted kind of, pain. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of how like the mood was in the locker room. And then on top of that, it's kind of the weird game where the two goals you let up, you think like, well, that's bounces that didn't go our way. Right. And if, if those bounces don't go your way, you score the only goal and you win one nothing. But at the same time, you didn't maybe, play well. You didn't play well at all. Scramble yeah. late to yes. try to tie it, but at yes. least, yeah. least you're facing overtime. Yeah. But, right. but, but at the same time, you didn't play well at all. Like, no, not not a strong game. And you know what? The first period was ugly. They were greatly outchanced by the Islanders. The second period was much more balanced, and they got a goal and then a goofy one for New York. I thought Tyler Pitlick was the Stars' best player tonight, and it wasn't was. just that he scored a goal. He was in on four checks. He showed the speed of having not played last night. He was physical. He was pissed. Let's uh, let's just put. Let's, he should be. He was pissed he after should yeah. Be. yeah. He got healthy, scratched, and then watched the performance last night, which Jim Montgomery said was not very good. They got the win, but he didn't like their game. He should be upset, and especially because that's his hometown. Yes. He's a Minneapolis native. They play in St. Paul. It's the Twin Cities. It's good for him for sure for playing angry and saying, hey, you shouldn't take me out of the lineup. I thought he was really the only player that was kind of good throughout the game. The only other one I would have said was Blake Como. Um, he still continues to struggle with his offensive finishing, but he threw a lot of hits. He was he did his job. I yeah. Don't, but a, a lot of players did not do their job tonight. Yeah, well, and then again, Mira Heishkin is just always good. That's the other thing. It's, he had a wow again tonight yeah. where he denied uh, Adam Pellick of a, a power play goal. Mm-hmm. Really nice seam pass as they crisscross through the Stars penalty kill and Miro blocks an open net saves a goal Yeah, uh, by just being in the shoot, shooting lane. I thought he was fantastic again tonight. Yeah, no, he's it's always good. <laughs> yeah. He's really yeah. good. So that was, a, that was a plus. Then you go to the third period. It's a 1-1 game. Look, the Sezikis goal was goofy. Yes. But it was because they went hard to the net. His shot deflected off of the stick of Hudobin. goes up in the air. He said it hit him in the head. I thought it just went over and yeah. hit the top of the net. And then what was really bizarre was it basically trampolined 
Here was, it must have been off the back side of the net where it's a little so, bit tighter and here, kicked forward because it was a really unconventional bounce based on what we thought it was going to be. This was a weird, here's a real weird thing about that goal that, because I rewatched it like 15 times after the game. It's a lot. Because there was something that weird, I was weird to me about it and I asked Hudobin about it because there is, it doesn't happen often where you have, that play doesn't happen often, right? So it's really, not, it's I not, haven't seen one like it's, that. It's not conventional, right? Right. But, Here's the thing about it. Hudobin for me went for the catch behind the back. Did you right. notice? Yes. He went for the try to catch behind the back. I, as someone who has played goalie and has gone to goalie schools and stuff like that, when the puck is up in the air like that, I've been taught that you just put your whole arms right. and body against the just trying to seal the you the just crossbar. seal the top of the crossbar. Right. And Hudobin didn't do that. And I'm not. And this is it, and this is one of those things where I'm not blaming the goal on Hudobin. It's a weird thing. No. But it was stupid. just it was just one of those weird things where. You kind of thought where I I watched it a couple times and looked bad. I'm like, why did he not put his arms back against the crossbar and, uh, and just seal right. it? And then so I asked Hudobin about it a little bit more actually after after the full scrum ended. I, I asked him a little bit more just if he had ever been how would he'd been taught to do something like that. And he said, well, it hits you in the back of the head. It's supposed to go back behind the net. So why are you worrying about it? So he thought. he felt it hit him in the back of the head, which is interesting because that's how he was playing it based off the right. feel. I still haven't seen, like, I never just saw it hit him in the back of the head on the rebound. I, I, I mean, on the replay. But based off the the way he played it, he said he played it because he I felt it. I wonder if he actually got hit by the stick of Anders Lee. Which is very possible. Because Lee was trying to swat at the loose puck, and if he had touched it, it probably would have been a high stick. That's one of those Because the stick was over the crossbar why, from the behind the net. Why is Lee swinging at it? That's that's one of those Honestly, words. Honestly, it has to be a, a reaction of yes. simply, hey, the puck's in the air, I'm going to try to swat at it. That's the only thing you can think of, is, is that it was a, it was not a thought, it was just a reaction. Yes, because that was one of those plays where if, uh, like, the Islanders would be able to laugh about this, but I'm sure... Barry Trotz says to and uh, to Lee, said, "Hey, uh, what are you doing there? Let's right. not let's not swing that, at that puck. That's like, not a smart play. You yes, high stick the goalie, get a penalty. Yeah. You could high stick the puck, have yeah. it disallowed. Yeah. But again, if it's just just pure physical reaction, it happens. People sometimes do that. They just make a play and they go, "Oops, I didn't mean to do that," or whatever. Yeah. So it's one one after two periods of play, and look." Dallas loses because of a power play goal in the third period by Anders Lee. Yes. Tips a Nick Letty shot off the post. Ricochet's back, hits the right, the back of the right leg of Hudobin, and goes in the net. Yes. Another fortuitous bounce. Play well, I mean, to be fair, it's a play where the Islanders earned the goal. Right. And like it's it's it one of those where great if that tip. if that goes in clean, we're like, okay, that's an earned goal. Right. Where where then when it hits off the post and goes back off Hudobin, that's the moment where it's like. It looks like puck luck may be working in the Stars' sure. favor, and then goes right back right. against and you. And then, here's the thing. The counter to that is that Dallas had, by my track, and I may have missed one, yeah. I had one scoring chance, quality chance in the third period. It was right after the goal. On the next faceoff, the Stars won it. Jamie Benn raced down the oh, left right side. Oh, right down the left fired side. Fired a shot, and Leonard made the save. It was a good chance, but it was still from somewhat of a distance, and that was it. They were terrible. 20 minutes of hockey, you're, it was tied, and then you're down a goal, and they did not create anything. And, Sean, here's the thing. The effort was there. They were trying hard, but the execution wasn't there. And that was the concern because they ultimately were kept on the outside. They were battling, but they didn't come up with another good chance on Leonard the rest of the game. Yeah. And that's a problem. Yeah, the effort was there, I think, if you look at the 
how hard they were working. I also don't know if they were working smart enough. Right, so again, a, this isn't about yeah. the, the game plan. This is just simply, it wasn't they, they were sitting back just kind of mailing it in. Their try was there, but again, was it, the, was it directed the right way? Maybe not. Yeah, and part of that comes down to are the stars able to, why aren't the stars able to do this in those moments? And you also have to give a smidge of credit because... Barry Trotz runs a team that does a really good job of... Smart coach. Like, you know what the Islanders looked like tonight? And you know what? It's kind of fitting because I, I, I rode the elevator down to Lamorello. They look like Devils. the They look like the 95 Devils. It's boring. It's really boring. It's really boring. It's trap hockey. <laughs> I hated it as a fan growing up yeah. of the Bruins in, in New England because whenever they played the Devils, I knew one thing was consistent. If New Jersey scored first and got the lead, the game would suck. It would be awful yeah. because they would trap and there would be no scoring chances. It would just be the puck gets dumped out, trapped, they dump it back in, and it's just blah, 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 blah. If Boston scored first, then New Jersey would have to break out of the trap to try to get a goal, and so then it would be open hockey and be fun. That's how I remember New Jersey Devils hockey. Now, you were a fan of the Devils I, growing yes. up, so you probably see it a little differently. Well, but. no, it, it's something we're looking – it was the type of thing where it's like – I don't want to use the word Stockholm syndrome, but it's almost Stockholm <laughs> syndrome, where it holds you captive. That that style when you're winning, when you when when you're a fan well, it's of like that watching team. Hitchhiker, yeah, right? yeah. When you're low scoring, but yeah. they are grinding it out. You go, hey, we're winning. Yeah, everybody likes a winner. Yeah, and, and even if it's not pretty, that's the type of thing where when you're watching and watching as a kid, and they win three Stanley Cups, and you get all excited and everything like that, yeah. and then. But then when you yeah, look, yeah, but you like you want to see high yeah. flying. Then, then you you want to see 15, yeah. 16 stars. Yeah, and then you look back at it. Outscore yeah. seven to six and win games. That's fun. Then you look back at it and you're like, that wasn't really entertaining. No. That was that was from as a fandom as like, hey, we're winning. Yes, my team won. Yes, but that I didn't was get my money's worth. It yes. wasn't the overtime from last night. In no, Minnesota. it was not. Right. That was speaking of a wonderful exhibition of hockey. That and goalposts, yes. missed chances. And yeah, it was great. And Miro Haskinen. Once again, making an incredible stick play. Yes. Wasn't that great? That was, that was amazing last night. That was, there's so many LSU players. He has a wow moment every game yeah. now. And we should be getting used to it, but it's not because they're wow moments, but he just does it all the time. And there's, there's, his skating A is impeccable, but the, this was the thing, and I put this in my 2020 from the game last night, and it's more fun for us to talk about that game than this game. I know, it is. We're, <laughs> but, we're off course um, already. But, so, Miro has four penalties this year. And you think about all of the times that he makes that stick. Yeah, yeah, where he makes all those stick sweeps, or he makes those poke checks. He does not have a single tripping or hooking penalty this year at all. It's remarkable. Isn't which it? is remarkable. Which means when he's done that, he has yet to have a situation where he goes for that stick sweep or that poke check where he gets the guy's feet by mistake and misses the puck, yeah. or even gets the puck yeah. and trips the guy. Yeah. Right? Because they changed the rule. Yeah. What was it? A year or two ago? Where? Pretty much. Yeah. If you go for the diving play. If you catch the player at all, it used to be if you get the puck first, you can clean the guy out. It was the old slide tackle rule right. in soccer. It's basically get get the puck and then any collateral damage yeah. is accepted. Yeah. It's not anymore. Now, if you take the guy out, even if you get the puck, it's a penalty, mm-hmm. which is good because you want guys to have a chance to score goals. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, he's just amazing at it. It's it's, it's fun to watch. It really is. Yeah, it really is yeah. fun. Um, from the night, and well, uh, one thing that kind of. There was a sideshow tonight between Alexander Radulov and, and Leo Komarov. Yes, it was. And it was interesting because, and I went through and I did some digging on this, where basically Radulov and Komarov have beef going back all the way to, as far as I know, back to 2011 when they were in the KHL. Um, as far as, that's as deep as I can find photo evidence from... Now, Komarov is, is a 
is listed as being born in Estonia, mm -hmm. one of the Baltic states. Yes. And he has both and, Russian and Finnish Right, and he actually plays for Finland internationally. Mm -hmm. But, obviously, Komarov has yeah. Russian roots, and, and Alexander Radulov plays for Russia and is from Russia. So, yeah. But it's just two Eastern European guys that just don't seem to like each other. And it was a sideshow that took center stage for a while tonight. Radulov ended up with four minor penalties, two of them because directly yeah. because of, of the 47s. Yeah, and it was one of those where we were talking before we turned the recorder on. How do you handle an individual player's beef in a game? Like, it's just as a coach, it's something that you have to... Because, like, we, we talked about it before. We've seen before. Jamie Benn and David Backus have had their... Right. Have and had their have two captains going yeah. at it. Usually it's an inspiring yeah. thing. What Ra uh, Roman Polak did last night was very inspirational for the team. Equal with the penalty kill that they had for it. Um, quick side note on that one, just since I'm talking about it. Uh, Luke Cunning, after the game, basically said to Michael Russo that he was looking for that fight. Yeah. I thought it would be a good time to get his team going. How do you get instigating when the other guy seems willing and and wanting that fight? And you get a I, Okay, usually the roughing... If it's roughing and fighting, you get him for the initial shots, the Polak. But, you, but if you're going to call instigating, that instigator is the two-minute, that, that is the rough. Yes. So the fact that they have four minutes doesn't make a whole lot of sense. However, the Stars killed off that winning game. Yeah, they, they won in Minnesota, so. But I do, yeah, I yes. still didn't like that, that decision. It seemed counterintuitive. That's fair. Anyway, but, back to this game. It, I'm always torn on that because sometimes individual beefs can make for good theater. And, and here's the other thing, though. But sometimes they can but, distract from the game but plan. But here's the thing that, to give Ben and Bacchus credit, and while it may have looked like a sideshow, it was off the draw. A couple times they fought right off the opening faceoff. And, and you know what? That was it. That was there. There would be the jawing maybe after the whistle, but there was never in there. It wasn't, it wasn't ever in the moment where it was like tonight where, to be frank, the Stars losing Radulov is worse than the Islanders losing Komarov. He's a third-line guy yeah. versus a top-line guy. Yeah, and so it's, it's different. It, yeah. it is a trade that I'm, I'm sure Bar I'm sure Barry Trotz said to Leo, you know what, take Radulov out of the game. Go ahead. Go for it. And fight it's, him. And, they didn't fight. They, they yeah. had roughing minors twice. Yes. It was like wrestling more than anything. It was. Uh, I think Bruce tweeted <laughs> from the convalescence uh, area, uh, Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. I don't know. Was it all upper body? I guess there probably wasn't any leg involved. Because probably not. No. In classic wrestling, you're allowed to use the lower yeah. body. Greco is waist up. Yeah. Anyway. You know what? Let's let's go to the lightning round. You ready? Yeah. Let's yeah, do okay. it. Lightning we'll, round. Let's we'll see what do that. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. We'll start with. Uh, okay. From uh, from Latvian twist. Is, is there any particular reason Montgomery seems to switch up most of the forward lines so often? Is this affecting the team chemistry at all? That's a two-part question. And yes. Is one of the reasons why the reason why he does it is because he's a coach that says, "I simply will not stand by and stubbornly play the lines I've drawn up to start a game if things aren't going well, and I can sense that that, that a certain line isn't clicking together." Mm -hmm. We've seen that from. I mean, we thought Lindy Ruff. We we actually joked that he used to ruffle his lines a lot. Mark Stepneski even named his blog "Ruffled Lines." Right, and be, and saying, "Hey, we we get a lot of line changes from game to game, and sometimes they're switching in games." Jim Montgomery makes Lindy Ruff look like he's a traditional stubborn. I'm sticking with my lines kind of yeah. guy. Hitch used to change his lines a lot. Again, Monty is is maybe to the extreme on this, but 
he's made it very clear, this is what I'm going to do, and they will not stay together if things aren't going well. Yeah. He did also say that he would love it if he had some continuity in his lines, but it's it requires the performance of those group forwards to be able to stay together. Yeah, and to the second part where is it affecting the team chemistry at all, I think there's a there's two ways to look at it. There's The one way is... It, it can hurt in theory because all of a sudden, okay, you're changing things all the time, and then the minute you might be getting something like a guy, you might be changed off the right. other thing in theory. And this is something Jim Montgomery told me before the season even started. I can go back to there's a couple Q&As okay. I did with Montgomery before the season started where he said, I like to juggle lines because when I juggle lines in February and March when we're trying to get into the playoffs, I don't want people to look at it as a panic move. I want right. the team for it to be normal. So this we've is, already yes, done it every yes, single game. Yes. Right. So this is something that And they should be used yes. for by now. It should it yes. should be so crazy that it doesn't matter. Yes. In, right? in, in theory, it's supposed to make situations like tonight where they lose a forward during the game gets e- hurt. easier because now you jumble. Because you have I'm used to playing with this guy. It's not something new. So it can help and it can hurt depending on how the team responds. And right now, I don't think it's been hurting, but I don't think it's been helping, honestly. I think it's just been kind of, it's been, it's, it hasn't changed anything either way. Yes. Like, no, it hasn't been good or bad. And look, I understand coaches couldn't, couldn't need to coach and they have a hard time sitting idly by and just rolling out the same groups if you're not getting the, the, the results they want. All right, from uh, Ryan Salome. The past few weeks after losses, Monty mentions lack of effort. Does this mean his team isn't respecting the game plan and coaches lack of leadership, or are they just getting lazy? Fans thought that getting a healthy team meant a better team. Doesn't seem to be showing. That, that's two different things. One is the the talk of the effort, and Montgomery's not talking about physical effort. He's talking, talking about yeah. mental effort. And that's something he went back to clarify tonight after the post. Right. He went to talk about how... He doesn't think the mental approach is there before the game, and that's something that he's trying to figure out with this group. How can I get these these guys on on a focus that he wants, right? Mm -hmm. And it's something where he, he, A, he has to learn that, but you also have to put something on the players, too, because they are... They're getting paid to point in that before the game tonight. They're getting paid to play hockey. I mean, that's... You shouldn't be... You shouldn't have to... You shouldn't have to uh, have right, someone kick not, you in the mouth you're, you're for you to get going. You're yeah. professional. You need the coach to get you going for a yeah. game. Now, obviously, there's a lot of responsibility that falls on the coach. But like Sean just said, how can you call yourself a professional if you can't get yourself ready to play a hockey game every single night and follow the game plan, which I'm sure is yeah. being laid out to them? Yeah. And the other part is, he said, uh, Ryan, said, <laughs> getting your players uh, healthy. Well, part of the problem of getting players healthy is that you shake up the continuity, but the length of time, right? It's not like you get a guy back after three or four games out. Mm-hmm. John Klingberg missed 18. The idea that he's going to come back and be his best self in his first couple of games is is wrong. Yeah. It's not. But the problem is, is that Klingberg, I think, early on has put a little bit too much emphasis in what he can do offensively, and it has hurt him in the defensive he has zone. Been very bad defensively. His, his coverage, coverage, bad. His coverage has been, been terrible. There have been times tonight where I thought with the puck. On breakouts, he's made those subtle little Klingberg plays, getting this pass here, getting around this guy, and starting the transition the other way. That's where Klingberg makes coaches go, oh yeah, I like that. But on the negative, he has not defended well, he has not tied guys up well around his net, and he's been caught out. And frankly, there's been some times where I feel like he hasn't tried his absolute best to recover from a mistake, and that's a problem. 
Yeah. Now, is it correctable? Yes. All right. Um, from Cheryl Eastwood, lots of penalty minutes for Alexander Radulov. Hi, Cheryl. <laughs> Any record for him? Um, I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but I don't think it is because he had eight penalty minutes. I think, if I remember correctly, there was some point in his career where he definitely got a 10-minute misconduct because <laughs> it's... Um, so I don't think it's a record, but maybe if you go for looking at just numbers, most, most, most maybe, minors. maybe minors, but I don't know the answer to that. Um, from Jill Walton, do you see something major coming in the new year, like a trade or a firing? Um, I don't think of firing. Yeah. Because first and foremost, Jim Montgomery is in the first year uh, as a head coach, and so you have to give him time. And he's done, a, I think, a, an admirable job so far of trying to do – implement what he wants, especially considering all of his injuries, particularly in the back end. Now, as far as Jim Nill's concerned, he is kind of handcuffed at the moment, as we've talked about in previous podcasts and on our broadcasts and writing and stuff, is that they really have no cap room to move. Mm -hmm. They can if they were to shut down a player. Now, Mark Mathot's the one that seems to be the most uh, likely candidate for that because we haven't seen him in quite a while and he's dealing with a knee injury. And that could be the end. Now, Stephen Johns has been skating a little bit. Could he come back? We don't know. He's obviously a lot younger. Either player could make a positive impact if they were healthy. That's a big if on Mark Mathot's term, and it's a big if for, for Stephen Johns. Yeah. Uh, Martin Hansel was hurt tonight. If this turns out to be back-related and it's a longer-term thing, that could be a problem. We don't know. That's speculation. I don't want to get into that too much. Yeah. But really, it, they can't make a move because... What are they going to do? Well, they could trade some of their younger guys on the roster to open up some cap space. But it's not a lot of cap space. Yeah. Let me... So you'd have to put somebody like Mathot on long-term IR or trade a guy with making a lot of money. Well, the problem with the guys making a lot of money is they all have no move, no, no, move, no and, trades. And, and, the other thing, and they're not going anywhere. And the other thing, let me, let me address both of these real quick. Okay. Firing, it's not going to happen because that's not... A, Jim Nill's style is not going to be fire someone. Jim Nill's not going to fire anyone. Jim Nill is... Not right now. And... and and on top of that, the stars are not going to the stars execs above Jim Nill, the Jim Lights, the the all the way up to the owner. They're not going to do something like that. And if they were going to do something like that, it wouldn't be midseason. No, let's let's, let's just so fire. Well, also, tap the brakes on one thing, Sean, is that the stars are still tied for the second wild card with Edmonton yes. for thirty nine points. Have they played nearly their best hockey? No, and that's encouraging. It means there is a lot of room yep. for improvement, but yep. they are a bubble team. That's just what they are. Right now, this team is not good <laughs> enough to be considered one of the division favorites. Mm -hmm. They're not going to, like they did in 2015-16, win the Western Conference regular season. They are going to ride the roller coaster of being in one of the wild card spots. Most likely. Can they get to third place? Sure. But I don't think anything higher than that. Yeah. Do you? I don't think in so. Their no, no, no. They I, could go I, on a tear and really find I think, themselves. I, 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 think, I think third place is a stretch. Um, the other thing, yeah, it wasn't they, that. Yeah, they it, were it, those four games in a row. Yeah, they were right there. I just, I don't think. It, I yeah, I it, agree. But I do. The, I, the, think, the other, I think first or second wild card yeah. or just out is their fate. The other thing about the trade, and I just want to put it this way: is people say we need a top six guy, we need a tips top six guy, you we do. need a top six guy. <laughs> the problem is, starters call a team and say we want a top six guy. The response is okay, we want Esselindel. Yes, or and, or Brian Fox or Miro Haskin yes. probably, and you say no, we don't want to give you those. Yes, and so that's the problem. So what do you have to do, Sean? You have first round draft picks, and the, and the stars do not hardly ever part with first round draft picks. Right, and that's so. Are the and, stars, 
Look, I, I think a move is is needed. I yes. think it could be. We both agree to that. I point, think yeah. that they needed to do one last year to show some uh, faith in the roster. Faith in the roster. Give them some. Hey, we're behind you on this. They didn't do that. But I also believe that as they are right now, they are sort of. They haven't really come into their own where it's obvious that one piece changes everything, right? Yes. It could be more than one piece. So. I'm not saying they're not going to make a move. I'm just saying that I think you wait. I think something. I think January is a big month. Oh, it's a huge month. You have only have three road games. I think it's 12 home games. It might be off by a day or two. Yeah, I mean, they have like, a big break with yeah. the All-Star and bye week combined into one this year. <laughs> and frankly, I think a determination for some of these injured guys might come into play because now you have, mm-hmm. you know, we're about two months shy of the uh, trade deadline. Almost exactly. I think it's February 24th. Right. Is the so day. you yeah. need to make a decision at one point or another. What are we doing? So there, I think that's we're going to see something somewhere in January, but we won't see it before the new year. Speaking of asset management, which do you take, fruitcake or figgy pudding? <laughs> <laughs> is there a neither? Do I have to make a choice? I, I think... Uh, I, I haven't... Look, I, every time I've tried fruitcake, it's been gross. Not good. I love dessert. Mm-hmm. Fruitcake is a dessert. It's a dense doughy, poorly cooked with weird fruit that doesn't taste good. Now, if somebody can offer me fruit cake that is good, I will do that. I don't mind figs. Uh, fig Newtons are not my favorite Newton. If what I is had your a, favorite Newton? Well, I, I, I was prepared yeah, for this okay. question. <laughs> it's hard to find in the grocery store these days, but the Apple Newton tops the, the list I've never me. had the Apple Newton. Oh, Amazing. Strawberry fine, raspberry okay. I like the raspberry. The raspberry apple Newtons, Newtons good. are king for me. If you can find them, I don't know if apple these, Newtons. I don't know if the actual makers of the Newtons. See, I like the fig Newtons though. I don't mind fig Newtons, okay. but the apple Newtons blow them away. Here's the thing: I, I don't know if I've ever had figgy pudding. I don't know if I've so, either. So uh, how can I? Re- I, 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 I I've had fruitcake. Fruit ha- bad. I've had fruitcake before. It wasn't good. Right. So by definition, if I don't mind figs, it could be better. But there are so many better desserts out there. So I say uh, C, all of the, none of the above. Brownies, cookies, anything of those. Cake? Yes, cake. Uh, tapioca? I made it actually last week. I hadn't done it in a while. It's very easy and it's really good. The key is separating the egg whites from the yolks and then mixing them later. We've created a cooking show. <laughs> yes. Uh, now if we could just do it in the car. That As would you can see, I'm driving. No, no, Sean, pass, the, pass me the salt. All of a sudden, we need a couple GoPros and a, a chauffeur for this. As we're we're going to chauffeur. The, the production value is about to go way up. 2019 is going to be a great year for the car. Yes, and so then we need a producer to put together some nice mix beds and transitions from one segment to the next, maybe some sponsors. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we have great ideas. Now we need the, uh, the investors behind it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you. Maybe. Possible. <laughs> Any more? <laughs> um, let's see. Hold on. Let's take a quick look. I mean, we are, we really went off the rails. So. We really went off the rails, which is kind of common. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think that's what makes our car crash great is the lack of staying in between the lines, both in, in yes. the road and in the topic matter. So let's see. Anything that we missed? Um, oh, so we got to the end? Well, we... I, Oh, you so skipped for, a couple. Oh, ah, wow. I didn't skip. I was, Heavy I, was, I was just making sure. We I were, usually try to ask every question I was, unless they're repetitive, but yes, Sean well, says no. No, no. There's a couple that covered others. That, yes. So, okay, right. from, from Ryan, uh, is there anything to suggest that Monty isn't Hitch 2.0? Solid defensively, but awful in the offensive zone. I don't think the offensive zone has anything to do with Montgomery. I think he 
is trying to be the hybrid between Hitch and Lindy, which is Lindy's get up and go, activate D, and beat them on the rush with speed. Hitch is grind the crap out of them, defend like heck in front of your net, and win one or two goals, right? I think, the big, and for me, the big difference between Hitch and Monty is Hitch, they have different ideals of what the team is supposed to look yes. like. Yes. Um, so while Hitch, if the Stars were winning with this style with Hitch right now, Hitch would be happy with Thrilled. it. Thrilled. He would say, Hitch you know would, what? Hitch this would be happy doing. They won 2-1 to one last night, and we talked to Monty today, and Monty was pretty salty he before the game. Didn't like, he was no, not, he was not happy at he, all. Yes, he was yeah. not happy before the game. Monty called out the team three different ways tonight yes. in the pregame. He said that their mental preparation hasn't been good enough day to day. He said that, as we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. that if you want to consider yourself a professional, the preparation and getting ready is on you. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I think that they're better athletes now than when I played, but they aren't as tough. Yes. How about that? Mm-hmm. Shots fired to me. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine he was any less gentle, or, or I can't imagine he was any more gentle with the team talk. Oh, no, I can't imagine. It's probably yeah, worse. Yeah. So, similar, we kind of touched on this, but this is kind of more long-term. Um, if the Stars miss out on the playoffs... Is it time for a new GM? And I know this one. This is a question that could go. This this is this is a conversation that could go deep. So we'll kind of and we we're kind of we're asked about this the other night mm-hmm. a little bit, but we were we were asked about in season. This is the first time I think we've been asked about. Okay, if they miss the playoffs, is it well, time for a new Well, first of all, GM? I, there's nothing that's going to change in season. No, right? nothing's going to no change doubt. in season. Yeah. But if they miss the playoffs again, it depends on how, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a new a first year head coach. He's trying to do yet another. Says it three coaches in three years. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The, the crazy thing is, this is something that people don't realize. And because I've talked to a couple people, well, Jim Nill has said to hire each of those years. He's never actually fired a coach. Yes. Which is which is Lindy a weird Ruff's contracts expired expired. Yeah. Hitch retired. Well, it was officially officially. That's why I mean I yes, use the word he, official. He stepped away. Yes. And also, and, and, the other, and the other thing that went into that, too... There was a lot behind that the, that we don't know about. And the other thing is, the, the GM didn't really hire the coach. Right, and that's and an it, issue, it, too, yes, right? Yes, So, can you have the GM on the hook for a team of which he's trying to build it a certain way, and you bring in a coach that he didn't necessarily want, and wants to play a different way, and now you have a group of players that aren't necessarily ideally suited for the style of which the coach wants to play. Mm-hmm. That's... A major issue, and yes. that's where you were last year. And so the other thing that's really different from Hitch to Monty is how they use young players. Yes. And that, I think you have to, as a fan, recognize a major difference. Look, look, let's be straight. And look, look at the positives. I look mean, at the way Jason Dickinson has come along. And look at the way that um, Gavin Bayreuther's had a chance to step in and play. Now, some of that was necessity. And, and not even them. Well, let me let me just yeah. use the biggest example right okay. now. Miro Heishkin does not average 23 minutes a game under Ken Hitchcock. You don't think? No. And even with this, the, no. the way he's played? No, this is a coach who, Ken Hitchcock, who had said in a conversation with us before last season started, and kind of in one of his conversations where we were kind of half on the record, things like that, where Hitch basically said, this was when Miro was hurt in Finland and didn't come over for training. Right. Right? Right. And where Hitch basically said, no, there's no way I would ever have an 18-year-old playing in the NHL. Uh, if we see him now, I mean... Like, there's no... Yeah. So, there's, it is... Let's, that's that for me is the biggest one. Well, Miro would be playing yeah. if Hitch was the coach. He's not playing twenty three minutes a game, and even with all the injuries, I mean, the, the hand was really forced. He, he would have leaned heavily on Lindell and Klingberg, and then obviously, I, I again, just, here's the thing: if you don't have Math- if you had Mathot and Johns, then you're right. Miro doesn't play a lot, mm-hmm. but 
he would have put up, probably leaned on Roman Polak because Polak is an old school style defenseman, and I'm sure mm-hmm. Hitch wouldn't mind him. But also, look, Dylan Hetherington would be on this team. Hetherington probably would. Oh, he would definitely but, be on this team. Look, Ken Hitchcock loved Dylan Hetherington. He did. All of Western Canada, according to Ken Hitchcock, all of Western Canada was happy when Dylan Hetherington played in the NHL. It's true. He said but, that. But you know what? I think Montgomery coaching staff gave Julius Honka a lot more opportunities than Hitch would have. Yeah, and that's more of But here's the other thing. I honestly believe this, that Jason Spezza wouldn't be on the Stars roster There's no way at all. this season no, no. to start the year if Hitch was still no, the there. No, there's no way Jason Spezza and right? Ken Hitchcock will be back this season. They wouldn't have been able to coexist in a positive no, way. No, not at all. And so the Stars had a window. They might have made that trade. So this lineup would have looked very different. Mm-hmm. Hitch was a huge fan of Martin Hansel. He would have been clamoring for him to get healthy and play and would have wanted to play a lot. He liked Foxa Pitlick a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, Roussel isn't here anymore, but Como probably would have been. Como's a guy that I think Hitch would have loved. Yes, he would have. Um, but again, you know, would Denis Gurionov be on this club playing right now? I don't think so. He would have been called up, and he would have played six minutes, and he'd been sent down because he wouldn't right. have played. He wouldn't have been given the top six. They've given guys like Justin Dowling, Rope Hintz, mm-hmm. uh, Val Nachushkin, Richie, uh, Gurionov, all top six roles, and. That at least they're giving him a shot. If Hitch was a coach here, the guy who would be called up and they would actually play, and it's just it's interesting because you think about how certain places fit certain styles for certain guys. Michael Mersh would be an NHL player. You think so? If Hitch was the coach here, I think. Yeah, maybe it's a good possibility. Just because he would have played. Here's a thought for you, Sean. Do you think Joel Esperance is at a point now where he needs to get a look? I just realized I looked yesterday because I was curious yeah. how the AHL team was. Brad Lukowicz was on our post game show covering for Bruce, who's uh, recovering from surgery, and he said, "You know what? There's been some guys in the AHL that are down there playing well, and if you're struggling to score, last six games Dallas has only scored more than two goals once, mm-hmm. and it was a six four loss in Colorado. So they are not an offensive team right no, now. No, they're not. So." Luco said, well, there's two things you can do. One is embrace the fact that you're not an offensive team and go out and play gritty and win 2-1. to one. That's hitch, hitch yep. hockey. The other is, well, if the guys that are here aren't getting it done, call up a bunch of guys from the AHL who are playing well and see if they can do it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's some cap issues involved that they well, have to... And the other, thing, the other thing is we can't, we, it's, we can't do it for four games? I'm just trying to think for the holidays. Well, you got to wait until yeah. after the 27th. Yeah, yes, exactly. But you have Hints down there. You have Dowling, who I really liked when he was up here. You have Eric Condra that's been scoring a lot for the AHL club and has NHL experience with Ottawa, etc. Mm-hmm. You have Joel Esperance now with 15 goals leading the Texas Stars in goals, and he's in the top 10 in the in the AHL. I think he's tied for 7th or and, something here's like what, that. Here's what Joel Esperance could be. Is I've, he a... a Possible long-term center down the road. I mean, he's he's really been a find for Scott White. Yeah. So Joel Esperance is interesting to me because Joel Esperance is a guy who I think, if you look at him in a singular vacuum, okay, he's probably an NHL bottom six center, third line center, fourth line center. However, let me rephrase, and this okay. is just the type of thing where if he can play the wing, and he has not been comfortable on the wing, just because I've this is okay. I've spoken to Joel actually about okay. this, he's still figuring out his comfort level on the wing. If he can figure out how to play the wing, he's very much like Patrick Eves in front of the net. You think he could be a guy that plugs into the yes. top six as a yes. go-to-the-net guy? Which, yes. Yes. look, Gurionov looks like a chance there. Yes. I'm not sold on the second line. Yes. I wanted to see... I, I think this team is best when Radulov is playing with Ben and Sagan. I just do. Yes. Um, 
I've, I really am curious about the possibilities of Spezza with Gurionov and who. I don't mind Yanmark. I like his speed, but he has not been offensive this year like he has in the past. Um, Val shows everything until the finish. He looks good in many aspects, but he cannot score a goal. At what point do you look for somebody else to play? You know, can you have... I mean, they talked about Hansel in yeah. the middle of that group. You know, Hansel and the Russians. I don't know. I think the answer is... The, unfortunately, they've tried Richie. It hasn't panned out. They've tried Val. It, as, as We're talking about toxic wingers here. It hasn't worked out. They've tried putting Spezza on the wing. You haven't particularly liked that. No, I, I, I don't think I'm a big fan of it either. Wh- who's left out there? I mean, they've tried Shore, Yanmark. Uh, they moved Pitlick up for a little bit. That didn't last very nope. long. Um, Gryanov has been one of the guys that actually looks like he's getting... He should stay in the top six right now. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's maybe not the one that we're taking out of the top no, six. No. Uh, so I, don't, I still don't understand why Yanmark keeps getting top six opportunities. I like his speed. I'll tell you what. Yanmark Como penalty killing duo, fabulous. Oh, yeah, Last fine. couple That's games have been really That's good. good. That's good. They can kill penalties. I, but I, I think that Yanmark's best role right now <laughs> is is a bottom six winger because it makes their team deeper. But I he, why does he shouldn't be in the top six? I don't know. He's in the same boat as as Nachushkin. He's he's fast. He's disruptive on the forecheck. He I think he makes smart reads. He's a smart player. But he hasn't created much offense at all. Mm-hmm. In years past, he was scoring goals. He was getting behind defense. Maybe there's the system change. But he was getting breakaways and scoring and getting wraparounds. And, and he hasn't done that really. The one example is the Roman Polak no-look Hail Mary pass. Like, Which was a breakaway. Yes. But there, yeah. the Stars in general haven't had a lot of breakaways. It's, no. I don't know if it's the style of play that they're playing or if it's what they're doing. It just, they haven't transitioned really well with that. Yeah. So. Uh, Look, there's a lot of questions as we enter the holidays, and we sit here and rant, and you probably want to go into your house. Mm-hmm. So, any final thoughts before we see? Uh, Brad Lukowicz said this. One of the hardest games of the year for him was always the game after the holiday break. The game after. The Not game the after. one going into it. He said going in was one. Okay. The second one, there were three, I think. Um, he said that was the one before the holiday break, the one immediately after. He said especially the road team. Mm-hmm. And then the day, if you have a game on the trade deadline day. Oh, Because you never get any sleep the night before, and you probably didn't get a nap in because you're all jazzed up on deadline day and you're going out to play a game that night. And to go to Nashville is probably one of the least desirable locations. Morning morning skate in Dallas on Thursday. And then they fly to Nashville. Man, we should have been Frisco, but I guess it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. Eh, Well, hey, by the way, if you are listening to the Cardcast... um, Bad Radio next week will be the last resort. So noon to three after the Normathon will be Thursday, Friday, and then New Year's Eve. So three days. Uh, Bruce, health pending, and myself will be on the ticket for from noon to three, including that 27th. Mm-hmm. So we'll go down probably for maybe a little bit of morning skate. We're going to be down there anyway, so I guess mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. On the air from noon so to three. So it actually works out really well for you. It actually works out okay for me. I'm still complaining yeah. about it. And then, uh, and then the road game broadcast uh, from Nashville. We also do double duty again on New Year's Eve, where it's morning skate with Montreal, noon to three game that night. So it's just let's stay downtown all day. You, you know my schedule's open for guest appearances. I know. So. Yeah. Well, we're we're putting that as the last resort. Ah. ah. Well, everyone, uh, if you've listened, just and we'll talk again before the end of the year, obviously. Carcast again on uh, 
Saturday. Saturday. Saturday but, against but the Detroit Red yes. Wings. By the way, if you didn't notice, Trevor Daly played a thousand his thousandth game. Congratulations tonight. to Trevor. Yeah. Somebody actually asked me if the Stars would consider re-signing him for one day so he could retire as a Dallas Star. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. I mean, I, they did it with Brendan Morrow. I don't know. I look, Daly was here for what eleven seasons, something like that. Yeah. I don't know if they. I mean, Morrow was the captain. Yeah. It seems different. I, I, I'm not saying Daly was an important member of this that, team. That I also, just don't know. It also comes down to what does Daly want to do? How That's, does he feel? Because it's right. The other thing, and it's a symbolic yeah, gesture. Yeah. Yes. Um, if 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 he said, hey, I, if if he said to the stars, hey, I want to retire as a star, they'd do it because it's a would, great publicity. Yeah, they they, they would do it. Yes. It, it really depends on what the player wants to do. Um, also, the other thing that Trevor Daly had that Brendan Morrow didn't, and this is never to. Trevor Daly won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, like it's two, not like actually. It's, it's one like, yeah, actually healthy, it, yeah. one hurt with, so it's, with it's, Pittsburgh. It's not like um, there's the unfinished business factor left there for Trevor Daly when he finished his career. Daly's a thousand games yeah. and he's won two Stanley yeah. Cups. So, yeah. um, everyone, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, to whatever you celebrate. Thank you for listening. Festivus, even. Festivus, and uh, <laughs> we will uh, we will talk later this week. It's a Festivus miracle.